Well, hi, folks. Karina and I are back. And just before our break, Karina raised the subject of um, EMDR, which coincidentally, believe it or not, I had a, an email this morning from um, Workman Pub- Publishing. And the subject is Every Memory Deserves Respect uh, by uh, Deborah Korn, who is a psychotherapist. And it talks about EMDR and it's discussed with a patient, Michael Baldwin. And it states that EMDR is actually uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a unique type of psychotherapy proven to help recover, people recover from trauma and improve the quality of their life. And someone you care about could probably, either yourself or someone you care about, can suffer any kind of trauma. It can be emotional, physical, sexual abuse, or the more common and less significant traumas are divorce, job loss, painful childhood experiences, any situation where you felt worthless, afraid, or powerless. Well, we were powerless. Untreated trauma can lead to long-lasting effects such as depression, anxiety, PTSD, and difficulties maintaining intimate relationships. I just read to you a piece actually, and someone pretty famous has highlighted EMDR, and that's Prince Harry. So anyone can go and look, and you, you relate that one to the loss of his mom causing his trauma. Um, and this one's, uh, this book is uh, about um, personal stories and powerful photographic images. People learn how trauma is stored in the brain and the body and continuing to, continues to cause pain and suffering and how EMDR frees us uh, from our thinking and emotional reacts, reactions. And it explains why talk therapy has only a limited impact but talk therapy is the one we talked about earlier on, wasn't it? The talk therapy. Mm. Yeah. So this is um, there's gentle and targeted EMDR therapy, and it offers guidance on um, how this works. I mean, I'm not exactly au fait with it. It's it's something new, but have you heard of it? Yeah, so EMDR, the way it works, some therapists will use a light, um, some won't. And um, the thing to know about EMDR is that you will have to go through and think about and relive your trauma. Um, So you have to be ready for it. Some people cannot go there. And, um, you know, if if you are having any sorts of therapy, don't ever go anywhere in your therapy that you do not want to go because it can be re-traumatizing to you. Um, So you have to be open, you have to be ready with the MDR because you will have to um, relive your your trauma, but in a very guided and gentle way. That's why the therapist is there. And what they do is they will get you to follow their finger or an object. So you actually are moving your eyes at the same time as you know you're, you're following this object with your eyes so there'll be eye movement happening at the same time as you're talking about and thinking about your trauma um i don't know why i'm sitting here with my finger in front of my head going backwards and forwards Polly, because only you can see it nobody else <laughs> but is it is that some kind of distraction from yes it's distraction. It, it helped with the eye movement reduces. It helps you 
yeah to reduce that but it's a distraction but also it's meant to with the eye movement help you to reprocess that trauma so you you'll be reprocessing the actual event and you grade it so you might start off with scoring it as really scoring it as quite high of, of how it makes you feel the anxiety that it evokes in you and then gradually each session you can lower that down now some people say that they only have two or three sessions and they feel a whole lot better other people may may need more obviously um but everyone's individual but yes so it's a way of stretching but of reprocessing there's some link between eye movement and memory and processing of thoughts so it gets you to reprocess it um so it is i mean it has been around for quite a long time it's Unfortunately, in the UK, um, cognitive behavioural therapy took over everything for a while there for about 10, 20 years because it was meant to see, be seen as a quick fix. And as you know, um, we have the National Health Service over here, so it's always like they look at cost effectiveness, although it's not always that cost effective because they reckon CBT can only last five to 10 years. But again, different strokes for different folks, really. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's not a, there are EMD therapists over here, um, but you're probably more likely to access it in in the states where you can get more okay. private therapy. This um, I've just pulled this up actually. Um, it's an and here this is obviously uh, an article from the states. It says it's an eight phase treatment. Eye movement, eye movements, or as you say, other bilateral stimulation are used during one part of the session and it all depends on which memory the clinician decides to target first. So, um, and they use the eyes to track the therapist's hands as it moves back and forth across the client's field of vision. As this happens for reasons believed, by researchers, it's connected to connected with biological mechanisms involved in rapid eye movement, REM sleep. When you think about it, though, because where where do we find our memories? They first come in through our eyes. Mm -hmm. Because That's one of the senses, yeah, yeah. All my memories came first through what I saw. I mean, I know the smell. Um, but I would say 90% of my memories are through my eyes. Mm. You know, it's what I've seen. And as a result of what I've seen, I've done stuff. So there's where a lot of my memories are. Um, uh, this says that um, it, it, it hopefully changes painful events. Uh, on an emotional level. So it changes, like you say. Um, and this says a, a rape victim sometimes shifts from feelings of horror and self-disgust to the firm belief that they have survived and they are strong. It, it, yeah. it flips this. Here we go again. They flip the switch. Mm -hmm. And most things in life are flipping the switch, isn't it? Going from all the way down there to all the way up there. Yeah. Um, it's a journey and a process, isn't it? And um, yeah. just just wanted to point out that when when you said that the therapist would decide which which thing to 
to target that will be out of what you have disclosed and what you're ready to talk about you're not going to be yes. made to talk about something that or, or it should be you know you need to pick the right therapies but what it should be is that you you would sort of talk about your your story what's happened and they will see which one needs to be taught they they are very specialized and they will sense which is your key pin that they need to to look at so they're not going to say right this is what we're going to talk about today it will be from what you've told them and what they yeah. perceive to be because this says that phase one is a history gathering session mm -hmm. they yeah. will gather all the history yeah and then they will examine that history mm -hmm. and then they will move on to phase two yeah so so it's a good you know that that's just another resource as we said before there are lots of other therapies out there and lots of other things we can can use but it comes down again doesn't it to recognizing recognizing your triggers recognizing what's causing your anxiety and you know a lot of things that cause anxiety is unresolved issues it's unresolved issues from the past that we have to work on and of course, stress. And I just wanted to pick up when I loved your visual of you saying about imagining a glass of water going down. <laughs> and, uh, we used to use, I used to talk about the bucket. And if you imagine a bucket of water, and um, if you have a drip, 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 like a, a dripping tap going into your bucket of water. So every little stress is like a drip. Every now and again, you might get tap turned on and a deluge of water comes in your bucket and if you don't do anything to empty that bucket out eventually it will just overflow in rage anxiety depression um or whatever so what what's really important to do is to learn ways to drill little holes in your buckets little ways of letting out some of that water that's coming in in other words the stress and to gradually ease it off which is what we're kind of talking about today there was actually i suppose some people would say this is a little kooky. There was actually a, wasn't exactly a water therapy. It was a releasing, which we all talk about having to release things into the ether or whatever. You, there are ways of releasing emotion, releasing feelings. And this was actually come back to water was um, to take a glass of water and as you're filling the glass, you're telling the glass everything you want to let go of. And you take your glass of water and you're supposed to do this at the full moon. And I did do it, actually. And it felt good, believe it or not. And I'm not kooky, folks. I'm a little quirky. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm a little quirky. And you take your glass, you, as you're filling your glass slowly with the water, you're telling the glass, every, you're telling the water everything you want to let go of. Then you go into the, uh, and you stand in the grass, hopefully the grass, or you could stand at the beach. I would think there's plenty of water. And you gently pour the water out, repeating everything you want to get rid of. And you pour the, your troubles into Mother Earth. Yeah. Then you refill your glass and you tell it every positive thing you want to feel and do. Slowly again. And then as you do that and you finish, you drink the water. So you release negativity into Mother Earth and let her take it away. And then you take the next glass of water and you drink it and you drink in positivity. Um, and I did do it. You know, I, I'll try anything, me. I'll do kooky stuff. Um, 
and it felt good it whether you know whether people think I'm nuts um I've actually been out in the lawn on the wet grass doing my yoga first thing in the morning I hope the neighbors don't look um and you look for whatever ways will help you release whatever is disturbing you and to me that for some reason that actually was quite good just taking the glass of water and pouring it into the ground and letting the earth take it all away because I'm a great believer in mother nature yeah and and the earth does ground us it does ground you know, when we talk about being grounded, that's what we're talking about, is being back to Earth. The moon controls us. It controls so much as well on, on this Earth. And I am kooky and I love all those sort of things and they're great to me. But um, and another one you can do is write a letter to someone, you know, um, not to send. You can write a letter. Um, you can write a letter of anger, of regret, of woe, or whatever. And you can burn that letter and you can let it go or you can bury that letter in the garden you know or you can burn it and then bury the ashes so it's sort of gone it's getting it out of you it's another way of slowly letting stuff out because we hold on to so much stuff and all it does is fester around what's that you're holding up i um tiny buddha is a website i love i you know i i love that website there's usually good stuff to read that you can pick up bits of information etc on and one of the things I picked up was um, the lady who runs the website is Laurie Duchesne. I think that's Des Shane. I think I'm not truly up on how she pronounces it. But Tiny Buddha does a worry journal and it's a creative way to let go of anxiety and find peace. And each day there is a, there's, well, you can do it daily, you can do it weekly, whenever. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, it was today, I choose to let go of the things I can't control, including. So you can list the things that you really have got no control over. The biggest one is the weather. I live in Texas. <laughs> I can't control yeah. the weather. The humidity is killing me. My hair's all fuzzy. Uh-huh. I got humid hair. Today, it says, I know it's pointless to worry about what people think of me because... You know, and you can go through and you can do this on a daily way. And you could do it whenever you want to. It helps me to stay calm at work when I, you know, it's just, and you put your thoughts and feelings and, and things in here. Um, and it's a, it's a creative way to um, meditate. And there's also pages that you could, as we, both, we all know, coloring. Color, that looks amazing. I love that. Colouring can be a great way to um, relieve anxiety. There's mm-hmm. all sorts. Get some, and it gives you get some exercise. And it, this is quite a, and it's not a big book. It's only quite small. It's quite handy to carry around. And you could probably keep it in, judging by the purses and handbags as women carry, you could probably keep it in there. And like you say, when you, you're in, if you were in, um, a situation you were a little anxious you could pull that out and just start writing in it yeah I love that I'm gonna get me one of them that's brilliant so you know there's it's another tool in the in the toolbox and life is all about gathering the tools it's not just our sobriety where we've gathered tools although our sobriety tools are vital to us um anxiety is a huge part of our journey in sobriety because we build anxiety when we're drinking in that 
we get anxious because we're drinking a lot. So what do we do? We drink some more and become more anxious and we build on it until we actually stop drinking and slowly our anxiety dissipates and the anxiety we cope with is the normal everyday stuff most of the time because um, as we know alcohol exacerbates everything and I mean everything if you can't sleep and you drink what are you going to do you're you're not going to sleep it's not going to help you sleep if you suffer with anxiety it's not going to cure your anxiety if anything it'll make it worse because all you're doing is you you put in a band-aid on something you're not actually dealing with it and it's like you said way back at the beginning and when we were talking it's the ostrich mentality mm-hmm. and our alcohol gave us the ostrich mentality we didn't have to face things we 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 drank to to cope with ours i don't know how you feel about that Oh, yeah. And, and now our head's out of the sand. And then it's like, ah, it all comes flooding back, doesn't it, initially? And, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that some people, especially early in sobriety, um, find some of the positiveness of, of stuff quite quite hard to relate to. So it's just to remind everybody as well that, yeah, we all got anxious when we first stopped drinking. Um, you know, we still get anxious at times. The anxiety can be around how can I never have a drink again and we've got a whole other podcast all about that oh my go gosh yeah the fear of <laughs> never did, drinking again I've yeah, got the fear of ever that. drinking again yeah yeah we did that one so you can go back <laughs> and look at those other things but um you know it, it's it's finding the anxiety does come we're having to deal with stuff and this is why we're doing these podcasts to try and help you find different ways and like with that book that you just said um yeah. Uh, most everybody nowadays unfortunately has phones has mobile phones um so most people you know in waiting rooms or whatever are on their phone um so just to talk about the breathing that you were talking about earlier things like the car map that i know you use and headspace headspace as well and there's other apps that just literally even my watch has a breathe app on it i hate it because it follows me around everywhere in fact it's just buzzed and told me it's time to stand up I have a stand-up watch when I wish to stand up. Now go yes. away. <laughs> <laughs> our lives are dictated to us by our watches. Mine does the same thing, you know, it's I time to move. It. Oh, gosh. I hate it. And if people ask me if you hate it, why have you got it? I've just literally got it to give my son reassurance because of his anxiety about me being at home on my own and having falls and not getting help. That's the only reason I have this silly watch on my wrist. But anyway, even on that, you can just press the button and it will breathe. So, you know, if you're sitting sort of in a waiting room or whatever, you can just sit everyone's sitting on their phones nowadays just press the breathe nobody knows what you're doing and you can just breathe in and out with the instructions on on your phone um, so, yes, you know, and so and it doesn't make a noise it just makes these little no. ticket you can hear this vibration yeah. from you can feel the vibration as it's telling you to breathe in and the mm-hmm. vibration of breathing out it's almost like um inflating and deflating a balloon it, if yeah. you can imagine inflating yeah. and deflating a balloon it's 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 like yeah. that it's up and down and it's only for a minute minute yeah minute helps. and when you think 60 seconds is not very long no. in, in the scheme of things you'll probably wait 25 30 minutes for your appointment so you could have done plenty of breathing exercises yeah. and be calm and collected by the time you see the doctor <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, so I think sort of you know things are so maintenance plan recognize sort of your triggers yeah. have something to stop those to keep things calm take action 
remember your, your loops um breathe 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 um and just some other things that that you know one of the things i'm drinking at the moment um i don't know about you since i've i've given up drinking um i have I mean, we all have the anxiety dreams, but I have an awful lot of anxiety dreams because I'm processing so much and I wake up quite anxious every morning. And I was taking the pucker nighttime tea, which I know you struggled with a bit because of the valerian in and because of medication. Yeah. Disney bad dreams. Yeah. Well, I I get anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. I was really, really anxious. I've lost a lot of it is around loss, like people dying. And, Mm -hmm. but I've now moved on to this peace, pucker peace tea. And I just don't have any bad dreams with that. So, you know, and that has got ashwangada in, which is a herb that's really good for anxiety and hemp and mint. Um, So look at your herbal teas and herbal remedies. Um, I completely make sure there is no valerian because um, it is there to help you go to sleep. But so are the other herbs within the drink. So now Mm. I go for either straight chamomile is the only ingredient or passionflower is the only ingredient. There is actually a nighty night tea that does not contain valerian. It's a sleep tea. And it doesn't contain valerian. I can't go for the, there are, there's a sleepy time tea with valerian in it. But there is an extra sleepy time tea. And for some reason, they're just too much. They, to me, they don't put me to, to sleep. Um, but we will put a, um, we, will, we will put the, the address to the website for Tiny Buddha. And there is all sorts of, interesting things in there um some of the things that you can read here it says everyone needs a no matter what friend someone you can call no matter what someone you can vent to no matter what someone you don't have to explain yourself to no matter what and those are good things to have when you struggle in with anxiety or anything like that is to have someone who, who understands you and can sit and just talk with you for even if it's only five minutes to distract you from the anxiety. Um, uh, a good it doesn't it doesn't matter who really. I mean, just some you don't have to tell them you're having an anxiety attack. You could probably just say, "Oh, I'll just call for a chat." They don't need to know that you're struggling. No, you can sit and chat for a bit. So. Um, yeah, and the other thing is you might want some people when they're feeling really anxious or panic attack, they will um, want to be on their own. And I always remember it's about learning people's different warning signs and about you communicating that to other people. Don't expect people to know what you want. You need to, as part of your triggers and maintenance plan, tell people what's best. Jack always knew. Um, I always remember when, you know, if, with the, I don't know if I was with somebody, I'd be around Jack, my son, and I might be standing in a shop and um, I'd put my hands over my mouth and my my nose, as I earlier said. And if anyone else was with me, they'd go, well, you're all right. And Jack would say, she's fine, just leave her. She just needs to be left alone because he knew that's what I needed to do. If ever I did that, he knew I was concentrating on my breathing and any disturbance of people going, oh, are you right? Or fussing actually made things a lot worse. So, so you know, 
sit down, think about your triggers, write yourself a maintenance plan of how to keep yourself well and as anxiety free as possible, a flare up plan of what to do if you get really anxious and um, panicky and communicate it to other people. Do not be afraid because having a panic attack or anxiety attack is really scary. It's very frightening, but it's also very frightening for other people to see as well. And they feel helpless and they don't know what to do. So, um, you know, don't be embarrassed, um, communicate to other people so that they know that they can, what to do to help you in the best possible way at that moment that you most need it. Panic attack can sometimes mimic a heart attack and people can yes. mistake a panic attack for a heart attack. So, because like you say, you get that, I get, <clears throat> if I get anxious, I, mine, mine manifests in a tight chest. I get, you know, all of a sudden I get the throat closing, my throat mm. starts closing up and I get this tightness uh, just at the top of my chest. So that's, that's my indicator that, you know, it's a stressful situation. You know, I need to calm myself down. And pe- like you say, people can't know unless you voice it. It's like anything. People can't know anything about us sometimes. You can't assume that people will realize. So, um, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? As women, I think we are great at assuming everybody knows and assuming everybody knows. And, um, you know, as, as men, <laughs> they're expecting us to, you know, they're assuming we'll tell them if we want something, you know, and, and women's, you know, it, it's the men are from Mars, women are from Venus. If a man says, <laughs> you know I'm fine he's he's not fine but he can deal with it on his own thank you very much if a woman says I'm fine she's not actually fine and she expects you to know exactly what she wants why she's not fine all of a sudden you know and it's the tone isn't it I'm fine I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys we expect you to know and how many guys still after all these years say uh, if anyone knows how, how a woman works, please tell me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into the station because it's getting rather hot on this train, isn't it, at the moment? It's mm-hmm. summertime. It's, um, it's very, very humid. It's very, very hot. Um, we hope you listen and enjoy what we've done. Um, we will put the link to Tiny Buddha in the in the blurb for the podcast and keep listening to our podcast. I know we're not experts, but we try and pass on what we are learning in our journey as we go through this, um, get, get further into our sobriety. Karina has just celebrated 10 months. I've just celebrated one year and I don't know about Karina, but my mind is totally different. Um, to where I was a year ago in that, um, Things I said I wouldn't do, I now think, oh, yeah, that works. Mm. Um, I'm open to suggestion a lot of the time, which, um, you know, I'm not closed-minded. I will venture to try anything, even pouring water on Mother Earth. So um, we wish you well, and we will be back next week. Maybe because Karina, bless her, come on, tell us what could be happening very, very soon with you and a, a nice holiday. Yeah. We well, could be um, on location. I, I could be on location. I could still come to you from location. I'm on location in Essex today. So, yes. you know, I was in Norfolk last Essex week. Essex, girl. 
I'm an Essex girl. I'm back from Essex roots. Yeah, I'm back from Essex roots. But yeah, Andy went in to have his blood tests after his um, five first five weeks of chemo today, and they've actually started his infusion, um, which is going to be monthly, and his tablets he can take at home. So hopefully, if everything's okay, he might not have to go back to hospital for a month. So there could be a bumblebee and triumph triple speed road trip coming up, Ooh. which I'm just a little bit excited about. But I will know more later tonight a summer road trip around the uk yeah. that sounds yeah. absolutely awesome and it, it, it it's nice with him having to go through these treatments to have this kind of distraction in between the treatments um, yeah i know my husband has to go for his infusion this week it's six hours you know it's just no fun folks <laughs> but yeah. it may not be fun but it keeps them with us and we're grateful for that um, definitely so, yeah well we may get you on location. Let's see how that goes. But we wish Andy well. And we hope these treatments really, really work. And from myself, Polly, and from... Karina. We wish you well and goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>